Hello and welcome to episode 1035 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, April 5th. I'm your host, Paul Spore. Joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning. How you doing? I am well. Went to the movies last night. Came out to see a trade for my favorite ball club, which we will get into. Very excited about that. Um, I got to be honest, is it, you know, where my baseball mind is at right now, I was much more excited about that than the really interesting comeback that was happening in the college uh, basketball title game. Yeah, very cool. I didn't even watch any of that. I I saw the last three minutes. Um, You know, I was back home from the movies and everything and watched that and it was cool. But yeah, what moved the needle for me and I had a bunch of texts was was the Meadows trade. Uh, We're going to get into that. A few other moves, some guys making teams. God, how awesome is the, the wave of prospects that we're getting? Uh, and then our main focus is going to be some spring standouts on the hitting side. Guys that are late round picks, waiver wire pickups, reserve pickups. I want to see if you're buying or selling based off of this. The key focuses in spring are often uh, power, how often guys are running, that even, even being caught stealing, just volume of steals can be a positive. Uh, and then strikeouts and walks, of course, too. These are things that you can actually take away from spring and maybe indicate indications of an upcoming breakout. So we'll get into some guys, but let's just start with the Meadows trade, Justin. Uh, Austin Meadows to the Tigers for Isak Paredes and a compensation pick there. We inadvertently kind of stumbled on this knowing, and, and I say we as if we're the only ones. Absolutely not. Everyone knew something had to give in the Tampa Bay outfield. You know, I was hoping that, or not hoping, just thinking that they'd figure out a way to trade Kiermaier, maybe include a prospect. It seems nobody wanted that. Like, Adam Mm -hmm. could not figure out a way to get that contract moved. And so then it comes down to Meadows or Margot. But somebody had to go there because you cannot let Josh Lowe and Vidal Brujan just rot in AAA all year. So Austin Meadows became the guy who's expendable, goes to Detroit for Paredes in the compensation pick, fits Detroit very well. They've got some switch hitters and, and even a lefty and Badu atop the lineup, but no power lefties in the middle of the lineup. It was Baez, uh, Scope, Candelario's a switch hitter, but that was kind of the, their middle of the lineup power. And of course, Miggy's there too, not that he has much power anymore. So a lefty power bat in the middle of the lineup fits very well. I know the defense is going to be suspect there in left field, but this is a this is a solid win-win move here too. Paredes is still uh, relatively young, makes solid contact, and it takes his walks. And then, of course, the draft pick is something that's always going to appeal to a team like Tampa Bay. What did you think when you saw the Meadows deal? First about uh, Meadows' change to Detroit before we get into the, the, the hole that has opened up. Um, I was surprised. <laughs> I, I mean, Meadows had been kind of rumored to be potentially moved all off season. So I don't know why I was surprised. I, I guess it's just because it's so close to the start of the season. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know, in your head, you think, oh, these are the guys teams are rolling with. But yep. we've seen a number of trades over the last you know week or so that obviously tell us that that is not true at all. We can um, see more still leading up to the next couple yeah. of days. Like, don't be surprised, guys that are out of options type of deal. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, there are teams like the A's who are still trying to sell, right? Mm-hmm. And do does a team like the Pirates now that, like, Diego Castillo's up, like, do they make a move for, you know, to trade away some guys uh, still? We're talking so, about Diego Castillo. Yeah. Good uh, foreshadowing there. <laughs> right? That, that's the best in business, right? Um, 
I mean, I think this is, you know, a, a positive for Meadows. Um, you know, the Tigers may not be as platoon happy uh, as the Rays. Uh, they could still platoon him a fair amount. You know, he has struggling against lefties. But he's also getting out of that park in Tampa that players always talk about how they hate the batting eye there. So uh, yeah, a, lot, a lot of players dislike that park there. We, you know, obviously Willie Domus is the biggest example, mm -hmm. but he's not the only one that who said like, it's just, it's just not great. I will say though, Meadows has never had major struggles there overall ended up with an eight Oh five OPS, two sixty four, three forty four sixty four, with 25 homers, 99 ribbies and eight steals in 678 plate appearances, basically a full season in Tropicana and not not too bad there for Meadows. Um, are you worried about the the park switch to Comerica for him as a lefty? No, not really. I mean, he's got power that I think that plays pretty much everywhere. So um, maybe maybe it's a, a little bit of a downgrade, but I, I don't think it's much of one. And, and you're getting to go to a pretty decent division. Uh, and Vlad Sedler and I think it's uh, Russell uh, Prentice um, pointed out last night on Twitter that he's going from a division that has a ton of lefties to a division that only has like two. Yeah. Um, um, and, and not very good ones either. That's always the pushback I get yeah. with Akil Badu. Why do you like him so much? He's going to be platoon. I'm saying, okay, who am I scared of? Dallas Keuchel. Yeah. Um, uh, Daniel Lynch, who is not even in the rotation. Chris Bubich. Yeah. Um, the only other one that was projected was, uh, Lewis Thorpe in Minnesota, and he didn't make the make the rotation. So there are not a lot of lefty starters there in the in the central that are particularly concerning. So that's a great call out as well. I doubt that Meadows faces major platooning. I think every once in a while Haas will get him off his feet uh, and and let mm -hmm. Meadows get a sit against lefties, and then Haas will jump out into the outfield. But this really hurts Haas and Victor Reyes. Uh, their potential playing time because, you know, the Riley Green injury had created a little bit of an opening where maybe those two guys would see a little bit more playing time. Meadows immediately blocks that off. And then obviously there's a question about like well, what happens when Green comes back. A couple of things. I, th I think what it would really do is start to cut into Miguel Cabrera's playing time if he's not doing anything. Meadows would then DH. Green would be in the outfield with Badu and Grossman. Let's be honest, these things usually play themselves out another way. Yeah. There might be another injury. Uh, there might be an underperformance somewhere. So it will probably figure itself out. For now, Meadows is a full-time player. At the very least, he will be a full, a, a strong side platoon guy and get plenty of playing time. Yeah, I mean, these things always tend to work themselves out. I mean, how many times have we said, oh, this is a crowded situation at the start of the season? And a month in, we're like, oh, they're looking for – like to yeah, add they need depth this. to this. Like yep. usually it's said with pitching, but I mean hitting the same way. I mean, guys exactly. get hurt, guys underperform. Uh it'll work itself out. I like to see the Tigers making a push for it. Um I love def, it. you know, it's a tougher division than it used to be. But it's Part, still partly because they're good. They're getting yeah, better. They're, they're like getting better. Uh the Royals are getting better. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, love to see the Royals bringing up Bobby Witt Jr. Um you know, so it's going to be a really fun race in the central. Uh, and I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see Meadows. I mean, no one can be more excited than Parker Meadows, right? I mean, how cool is that, by <laughs> the way? His brother is a farmhand for the Tigers, mm -hmm. so they get to be in the same organization. I think Meadows, uh, Parker, I should say, is um, in the high minors, so I yeah, think it should he be triple A. This be year, I think. 
Yeah, he he's only high A last oh, year, okay. so he'll be double A, triple A this year. He's twenty two years old, so he's still on on the right trajectory. But if things go well, the summer should be triple A, which means he'll be knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's pretty cool too that uh, that that they have his brother because Austin Meadows is going to be with the Tigers through twenty twenty four, or at least he's under team control until then. So it does open up the path for Josh Lowe specifically. That is who's getting the call over Bruhan, but then Bruhan will be one call away in AAA. I- I'm excited about this. You know, I-, I really like Josh Lowe, and I'd have been more inclined to take him if I thought that, if I'd seen that, uh, in, in like my mains, if I'd seen that path cleared up. I took him in DCs because obviously you can plan for the future a little bit more. I definitely put the, uh, tap the brakes a little bit when it came to my waiver wire leagues just because I, I didn't know where he was going to play. So now he's going to be a big waiver pickup. I know it's going to cost a lot more, but I'm still in. I'm really excited about Josh Lowe. He's a power speed guy. I think he can be like a 15-15 type of guy with like a like a 240 average. That's kind of the projection that you work off of, and there's the potential for even more. He'll be 24 this year, and he went 22-26 with a 291 in AAA last year at age 23. So I love Josh Lowe. He's going to be a big waiver pickup this week. Is he somebody that you're going to be in on as well? Probably not. Um, you know, <laughs> I feel bad for people who dropped him in leagues on Sunday just to find out on Monday that's, that he's now uh, going to make the the opening day roster. That's brutal. Um, he has a lot of swing and miss to his game. There's a ton of power. There's a ton of speed. Uh, but there's a, a, some real, you know, um, hit tool issues. Since uh, when does that bother you? You think it bothers me when you're playing on a team. It bothers me when you're playing on a team like Tampa Bay, which prioritizes that kind of thing. And he's not super strong defensively. Um, so I could see him. I mean, they're they're clearly not bringing him up to just sit. At least I don't think they yeah. are. Uh, I think they're gonna give him some run, but I think there's gonna be lots of struggles. He's gonna be a frustrating guy to to roster. There's immense upside. He went like 26, 22 or something like that. In the minors, twenty six. I literally oh, okay. Said that, by okay. The way. Sorry, um, but he's probably gonna platoon. Um, yeah, I mean, he's gonna like, lose time okay. because of defense. Um, I think the fantasy community needs to chill out on lefty platoon guys as, as such a big negative. If you're a strong side platoon, if we're talking about for like a waiver pickup or like a late round pick, there is nothing wrong with that. I, I think that's being used as too hard of a negative well, on players. I think like it depends on what kind of league you're in um, because uh, he's not going to be a late round pick if you have remaining drafts. People are going to yeah, bust him up quite He's still going to be late. He's, he'll, he'll, he'll still be – he's not going to be expensive. Josh Lowe will still be very affordable. He'll just be drafted for sure. Like you you got to go out and get him, but like – like what, where do you realistically think he's going to end up going? I think he's going to go in the top twenty rounds. I, I think I think somewhere between like eighteen and twenty three type of deal. Okay, I mean like, that's I, not I nothing though. It's um, not nothing, but it's not in, in like, Fab. He's going to be down there. They're going to be. I mean, if we if if this last week's Fab was any indication, he's going to be extremely expensive. Now, if you're playing in your home leagues or 10, 12 team home leagues, he's going to be free. Um, and like, I mean, nobody's going to be drafting him in, in most of your like, risk, like standard ESPN, 
Yahoo, CBS leagues. Um, you can probably get them off the waiver wire for extremely cheap outside of like, you know, AL only leagues and things like that. Um, I'm not sure I like Lowe for a 10 teamer. I think it, that's probably a little I, bit. I kind of like him a lot for a 10 teamer because you, you, you know, take that huge upside risk and he's a lot easier to cut. If There's it's, better risks though. I, I don't know that he quite, and I, I love him, but like, I don't know that Josh Lowe, I mean, there is the power speed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the place you take the man. gamble. You haven't played any 10 teamers this year. I have you know, not you, played any 10 teamers as well. Yeah, in a long I'm, I'm time. But you, I, I, I don't I don't know that he, even somebody like, like you can keep an eye on him, but like those are three, three bench, three bench rosters. Um, and and three outfielders usually. Like play, play leagues with deeper bench spots. Like that's, What's that? People should be playing in leagues with deeper bench spots. Like, no, play, I know that's play, the ESPN standard. Is yeah, play what uh, you play. That's fine. So, but like, I play. I play in, in in a league with three bench spots. Um, it's a three sport league I play in, and it is like the cuts I have to make right now. It's how you keep insane. the churn going. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. here's here's why I'm going to say like that. You're definitely wrong about low as like a ten teamer. On ESPN, Harrison Bader's twenty five percent rostered. Harrison Bader is much further along on the low trajectory than Josh Lowe is that you, you Bader should is light years ahead of him. Like there's no reason to pick up Josh Lowe. If Harrison Bader's on your waiver wire and he's on the waiver wire of a lot of leagues, where's Bader going to be hitting? Like, I, I can't tell what the Cardinals Good question. Are doing I know that, uh, I think probably like six. Okay. It's not too bad, I guess. Yeah, six seven. Joe Adele's nineteen percent in ESPN. Mm-hmm. So again, I know you haven't played those leagues. I'm not trying to like talk down to you. I'm just saying I think the 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 scope got to lower it uh, or raise it up a bit. And I like Josh Lowe, but I think you can watch list him. And if he if he starts playing, probably early, you're, pro- you you're probably right. Yeah. But I say I like don't. I don't think you need to go pick him up right now. I mean, Manuel Margot is five percent. You love Manuel Margot. Are they really that different? Uh, I mean, I think this is like really great news for for hopefully for Manny Margot. He, he's maybe got he's free and clear. Yeah, I think I think this. I think maybe I was just a year too early, which is yep. super unfortunate because I don't think I have him anywhere. Um, Nick Senzel is three percent. Sorry, that, 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 that just one. Nick Senzel deserves cool. to be three percent. I mean, he, he probably does, but that's the thing. So so Josh yeah, Lowe can only be like three or four percent as well. So um. 12s, I think maybe he can start to make the cut in 12s. That was a 10 team mm-hmm. that I'm looking at. 15s, for sure. Now, you said, based on this weekend, you think he's going to be super expensive. Uh, expound on that a bit. Because I, I thought I thought prices weren't actually too – like, there were a few guys that went crazy, like Matt Brash. Uh, was, yeah, Matt Brash was through the roof. Um, I had leagues where C.J. Abrams went for triple digits. I, I saw, uh, I saw that in the main. He went, he went for the, uh, he went for triple digits in three mains, including mm-hmm. uh, Gray and Donkey Teeth getting them for one eleven. Um, here's what I'll say about Low. I think he'll be expensive. I'm not here to suggest that he won't be because I'll, I'll be contributing to it in, in yeah, uh, my, sure. my leagues. It depends who else is available, though, because if we see yeah. a bevy of other guys continue to get called up, as we're seeing kind of day over day plus a few more trades that open up spots, it might bring his price down because there might just be a big spread of guys. I think he's going to have some triple-digit bids, but I don't know that he's going to be the Matt Brash of this week. That's what I'll say. Yeah, I, you could be right. I think, like I said, it really depends on who else is a surprise, like making it into uh, yeah. making it into who, camp. Who gets and, called up? 
Um, or, you know, if there's injuries, I mean, you know, Lowe wasn't even supposed to be on the team. He's there because of a trade. Yeah. So if other trades happen, if injuries happen, you know, guys, you know, uh, you know, for some reason, like if some, for some reason someone went down in Pittsburgh and they decided to bring O'Neill Cruz up or mm-hmm. you know, I, 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 they still figure out a way to say that they're trying to work on his height or something. His um, height, he's too tall. Um, <laughs> yes. Okay. So that's, that's the Meadows low fall out there mm-hmm. uh, we definitely need to pick up the pace or else because yep. i got my i got my uh, rotowire spot julio rodriguez makes the m's we're super excited about that he's drafted you know all sorts of spots he's still only 56 percent of espn so insanity he's not, even, he's not even rostered at all the 10 teamers uh, obviously he needs to be i think he's in all formats play i don't care if you play eight team go get julio rodriguez because he has that game-changing upside to just be uh, a, a pure beast he had an amazing year last year two level season high and double a for julio rodriguez plate skills were off the charts uh 162 wrc plus at high a 173 at triple a he had 13 homers and 21 steals in that time as well and that was only i mean that was only 340 plate appearances too that he did that julio rodriguez is amazing he's getting the call skipping triple a what what do you see from him this year? I mean, there's always risk when a guy his age, I mean, he's only 21 years old, makes majors for the first time, right? So, like, I mean, you've never seen major league pitching until you've seen major league pitching. That being said, he for, for being 21, he is super advanced, uh, love the hit tool. He's got power. He's got speed. Uh, you know, I think there are maybe some questions like how well the power plays early on. Um, I'm not super concerned. I like. I think there's legit like 25, 25, like 270 batting average, like kind of. Oh, know. hang on, stop, stop one second. This is so weird. I think I like. I hear your voice, but it's like a recording talking about Jared Kelnick from last year. And or that's you, you, the fear. Are you saying that live? Sorry. Um, that, and that's the fear, right? Because. We like I felt the same way about Jared uh, Kelnick. A lot of super keen on him. So like they're their own players, though. I'm I'm meaning to be funny. They're their own players. Kelnick's struggles do not relate to Rodriguez. The only thing that they do, I guess, is is highlight the downside with big prospects because he's on the same team. So it's like right front and center there. But obviously, Rodriguez is his own dude. Because Kelnick struggled does not mean that Rodriguez will too. But I did want to bring it up because we were saying the same stuff. We were like 2020. We love him. A week ago, they were around the same price, right? Like a week Mm -hmm. ago, you could get um, Julio Rodriguez like outside the top 150. Uh, He'll be a top five round pick now. Yeah, and I the moment they they announced it, I I tweeted out he he's going to be a fifth round pick in the main. and I, I don't necessarily disagree with like the thinking think, around I'm that. Taking Bobby Witt in the fourth, who, who am I going to yeah. and turn around and disagree with with taking him? Um, uh, I don't know that I can, I don't know that I can pull the trigger there. I think that that's Why? such a huge what? risk. Why did you get so risk averse on on the prospects? I understand the injury. I've always been ris- I've always been risk averse on the prospects. I've never been um, a big you know my injury risk you know barometer has definitely you know changed over the years but i've always been risk averse on the prospects just because so many of them fail um and it's yeah, just such true. a it's it's just such a huge price to pay in the fifth round like we're, we're talking about like passing on you know my fifth round pick in my main was uh i think francisco lindor mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I, that's a, that's a huge you know guy to give up to go get 
um, Oglio Rodriguez. That being said, I'm not taking him off my board. I picked 12th in the main event um, on Wednesday. And if he's there in the fifth round at pick 12, I'm not, sa- I'm not saying that I won't take him. Um, so there were three, three mains yesterday. Mm-hmm. And he went min 47, Julio Rodriguez, min 47. Fourth, beginning of the fourth round. Max 126, though. So a room that oh, was a see, lot that's, more I mean, I'll take that. And then I don't know where he went in the middle one because I'm just looking at min-max, and he had a, he had an uh, average of Look, 91. I'm sure people that are you, smart could figure out. Yeah, you could figure it out pretty quickly. I'm not going to do it on air, but I'm going to say it's around like 80 I'm 80 terrified something. of math. Um, so, uh, yeah. Um, what did you say the ADP was? I can do it real so fast. So the ADP is 91, and then the min is 47, the max is 126. Okay. So the max was 126, the min was 47. He went 100. Okay. In the in the third one. I'd pick 100. I'd be totally fine with. I, I would take pick 100. So pick 100 right now. Um, it, I'm looking at these three drafts, so it's a tiny ADP, but it's guys like mm-hmm. uh, Kyle Schwarber, Nolan Arenado, Christian Yelich. JD Martinez, like established vets, and you're comparing it to a, a super high upside rookie, right? Like that's that's mm-hmm. the thing. Now, here's the question: leagues where he's available, and there are going to be some. What kind of what kind of budget are you putting on on him? Let's say tens plus? and twelves, because that's probably where he's going to be available. He was being drafted in most fifteens because people thought Julio Rodriguez, even if he didn't break camp, would be up early. So tens mm-hmm. and twelves is where he's going to be available. You, so two hundred bucks. So twenty percent of your budget. So if it's a hundred bucks, you do twenty. And I'd probably go. Uh, I'd probably consider going up to three hundred, um, or thirty percent of my budget. Uh, yeah, I mean, because I think he he has the potential to be the number one call up this season. Yeah. And you get him for the whole year. Exactly. Um, That's the beauty of it too. Is is getting that full year of these guys, mm-hmm. uh, which helps you make that leap. With, in terms of paying for him. now I, I would be a little bit more aggressive too if i had zero dollar bids i if i have the flexibility to still at least fill yeah. holes i'd be more inclined to do it if you're in a situation where there are no zero dollar bids i do play it a bit more cautiously yeah because you, you want to make sure you're saving money um for especially if you're in a league where there aren't many bench spots you're playing in espn or yahoo yep. and you, you don't have you know a lot of bed spots or a lot of il spots like injuries can become devastating and you want like to be able to turn and burn the back of that roster. So exactly, um, he is not available in any of my leagues because exactly. I drafted him in Tout Wars for two dollars, and I'm super stoked. Oh, so double the price I paid. Yeah, that's cool. Well, it's a mine's a 15 team league. What was mine? Is it not 15? You're you're in a 12 team league, buddy. Oh, okay. Well, no, know your rules. Um, I mean, I, I knew that I got Julio Rodriguez for one dollar. That's all that's, I needed to know. That's pretty happy. That's I, mean, all I, to pretty happy. I went mega stars and scrubs, and it was one of those things that kind of got out of hand, to be honest. I didn't mean to do that that crazy stars and scrubs, but the Chris Bryant and Joe Musgrove prices, those were the two, those were the two game changers that uh that pushed me into it because I, I really wasn't if I if I don't take them, then I get a lot more meat in the middle there instead of having to go into dollar days so quickly. I liked both of them at their prices. I was like, I'm going to do it. And then all of a sudden I was out of money very quickly. So I ended up getting Julio Rodriguez for a buck. This was a while ago before there was like really uh, chatter that he could be up. 
day one. So very excited about that little backpack for myself on that one. Hopefully I can make it. We got to move. You got to you yeah. interview Nic- in like 15 Nic- minutes. Nicola Domo to the Reds. <laughs> um, what do you expect out of him? Are you, is he somebody you're picking up in all formats? I think he is. He's not going to start, you know, until I think the 13th or 14th. But mm-hmm. um, I think he has the potential to be better than his teammate, Hunter Green, who is getting all the, the flash uh, because he throws 100. Uh, but Lodolo, I think, has better command control um, and really, really good stuff. So uh, I'm actually super interested in him. I think he's going to go a lot cheaper in fab than other guys. Um, and uh, definitely a guy that I might be targeting in my main on Wednesday. If if Castillo comes back and he's healthy uh, and, and Lodolo Green are, are solid, like they don't even have to be great, they're solid with Tower Molly. This team might actually end up doing something after getting crap, which is all so frustrating. I know, and I, I said it might accidentally make them look competent, and it will piss me off because I, I just I hate all the moves they did, and I just don't I don't think their game plan makes any sense, and it might actually end up working out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Cueto signs with the White Sox. We play a lot of deeper leagues, minor league deal. He's depth. He actually wasn't too bad last year. Does Johnny Cueto give you any interest? Have any interest for you in the fifteen team realm? There, not yet. I mean. He, we have no idea if he actually ever is in the major leagues as a White yeah. Sox. It's a, it's a minor league deal. He's got opt outs if he's not brought up by a certain time. So, Streamer if he makes the team though. Yeah, I, I think it becomes it. interesting. I mean, like like I said, like the Central's getting better, but it's not good by any stretch of the imagination. So, mm-hmm. um, and he was he was very effective. Like he's got reduced stuff, but the the way he throws batters off with his kind of you know messing with his yeah. timing uh, and his mechanics. Um, somehow continues to work and continues to work even though his velos start to get closer together on like mm-hmm. fastballs and change-ups the way like felix did and, and guys like that so yeah keep an eye on cueto might not be a terrible move there if they get him up and running again uh maxers are likely to start on friday so just getting pushed back a little bit nothing crazy there speaking of max scherzer we're going to do our watch party our patreon watch party on opening day we had talked about doing Mets Nats as the focus game. There will be four games at that time that are starting around the three o'clock hour central, um, and then the the one twenty game Brewers Cubs will, will still be going. I suggest we switch our focus to Mariners Twins. A because the Mets it's neither Degrom nor Scherzer, and then but that Patrick Mariners, Corbin. I know it's your boy Patrick Corbin, and we will check in right. We're going to be bouncing to all the games, but I think our focus oh, we'll have it on the other TV. Robbie Ray <laughs> Joe Ryan. What do you think about yeah, that? yeah, absolutely. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Both teams are um, are, are playoff contenders. I, yep. Um, I actually predicted that both would win a wild card uh, last night on the Friends Fantasy Benefits podcast. Ooh, um, I like it. So uh, leaving out the Yankees and the Astros out of the playoffs. Wow. So, okay. Um, so yeah, th- I'm totally down to watch that. That that should be a lot of fun. Okay, great. So, and if you do subscribe to the Patreon, thank you so much for the support. Mm-hmm. Join the Discord, um, and then once you get in the Discord, we will we will say when we're live, and you'll be able to go into the into the voice chat down there, and I'll be streaming the game in in the Discord there. That's how we that's how we do these parties together. Since they're private, we can show games and and hang out. So we'll be doing that, and we got more stuff coming too. We'll have a Q and A. Uh, I'll have a post on the Patreon where you can leave your question if you can't show up live, but then we'll also be taking questions live. We're going to schedule that a couple weeks into the season, so late April for that, and we'll do one every month as well. So we got some stuff coming up. Thank you all so much for the support. The Patreon is popping off. Mm-hmm. All right. Buy or sell spring standouts. These are guys that are not being drafted everywhere. Some of them are being drafted, but they're guys that have had huge springs. And I'm wondering if you see it as something pivotal that uh, that could give them some value this year. And let's start with the home run leader in spring training, 
Kyle Higashioka with seven. He's absolutely dominating. Now, I did see somebody, uh, a few Yankees fans, suggest that he always crushes in spring. That's not exactly true. He's had some decent springs, uh, but his most homers previously was three back in 2020 spring training. This is off the charts. 1742 OPS, seven homers. There is playing time capability there. Is a 32-year-old Kyle Higashioka somebody you're looking at as a C2? Yeah, he has to be. I mean, he's going to be the main catcher on the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. Um, uh, I picked him up as my C2 in tout where I had drafted Rutschman. Um, and mm-hmm. so uh, I, I took so his recovery in, yeah, in the reserves. And uh, my hope is that he continues this hot streak and I can trade one of my catchers. Um, that would be cool. Uh, you know, once Rutschman's up. So. You know, we'll we'll see how it goes, but I mean, you're gambling when you take a C two in a twelve or a fifteen. Exactly. Um, really, you're gambling if you're taking a late C two in a ten team league. Uh, yeah. So a lot of times you're gambling with your C one if you waited, right? Like if you take Mike Zanino, like, I, I think that's a gamble still. Like I so know he did take last the, year, but I, th- I think you just ride the hot streak, right? And yeah, just hope just that it carries on into the season. Like if it's if he starts off the year one for twenty one. You drop him for the next crappy catcher. So, exactly. Just yeah, see what's no up. Yeah. But power yeah. performance, power over performance relative to your established norms is one of the key indicators in spring that does have some correlative value mm-hmm. to a potential breakout. So even at 32 and catchers break out late a lot, they get that power going when they're well established as defenders. Could be something there. Diego Castillo, you briefly mentioned him earlier at in Pittsburgh, somebody that I've keeping a close eye on. My friend Greg Martin, when Colin and I were doing our, our draft, he texted me for a late round pick. He's like, keep an eye on, on Diego Castillo. Talked it over with Colin. We ended up going ahead and taking him. Six homers, which is you know tied for second there. 394, 417, 939 slash line. Uh, played really well for Pittsburgh. Should get full burn. I don't know exactly where he's going to bat in the lineup. We have him at, at eight right now in roster resource. I feel like there, there's movement potential there because that lineup is horrendous outside of the top four. Uh, what do you think of Diego Castillo, the, the batter, not not the relief pitcher? To be honest, until I talked about him last night with uh, Dylan White, um, who was on the Fred Sancy Benefits podcast with me last night, uh, I had no idea who he was. Um, I'm Fair. not going to lie and pretend. Yeah. Like, I, I'm – you know, um, I, I, I bring up my second base ranks. Uh, I ranked 68 guys. I did not rank him. Um, yeah, I had no idea who he was. You know, did some, you know, digging last night. Um, watched some tape, uh, you know, for, for my road to write up uh, piece on him. I'm somewhat impressed. I don't know how well the power and speed necessarily translates, but what he does have is what I want out of a prospect coming up to the major leagues. And that's a hit tool. Like, makes yeah, a yeah, lot tool. of contact. Yes. And that's what I like about David Castillo as well. I think the playing time should absolutely be there. And I'm really excited to see uh, you know, if he can carry this over because I don't know where this power came from. It's been great. Probably been against a lot of mediocre guys. I don't know what his spring training competition level has been. In fact, I'm gonna I want to say it was close really to like double A. Okay. So, you know, that's not special, obviously. Uh, that means he's playing in the middle of the game. Yeah, 7.3, that's double A. So good call there for Diego Castillo. But he is raking and now has a job. 
What about former number one overall, Mickey Moniak for Philadelphia? He's got five homers, hit two in a game the other day. Obviously, has not panned out to the level of a, of a, of a number one overall. But there is some playing time potential there. Matt Veerling is currently penciled in at center field. There's nothing that's blocking Moniak if, if he you know, kind of takes over the playing time. Can he be somebody that finally starts to pay off on the uh, on the, the dividends of what a number one overall should be? Definitely not on the dividends of what a number one overall should be. But um, okay. can he be a useful MLB player? Absolutely. What about um, fantasy? I think I, I think I need to see more in terms of fantasy. I mean, like you said, right now, it seems like he's penciled in for a bench role. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe you stash him in, in a really deep league. And then only obviously anybody with a heartbeat um, is, yeah. is worth. He probably worth should have already been like a reserve pick in, mm-hmm. in NL only, right? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, there is pedigree. Um, so, I mean, I don't think that's something we completely ignore, but I, he, he's more of a watchless guy in, in most, in pretty much all mixed formats for me. That, I think that's fair with Moniak. Uh, Matt Veerling didn't do much in spring, though. And, you know, boiling mm-hmm. things down to 34 at bats is not necessarily fair. But when two guys are battling, that's what teams do. So we have to kind of do that as well yeah. and kind of read those tea leaves. So keep an eye on Moniak. Uh, veteran, the uh, end of, other end of the spectrum here from somebody like Moniak. David Peralta, I love the freight train, man. He's got five homers in spring. Um, It's always health, right? I think that's the only thing that ever really slows him down. He should be a strong side platoon. I think we talked about him in the outfield uh, back back when we did our outfield preview. He's a guy I can't quit. I've always liked him. If Dusty's listening to this, he's laughing because I used to always be like, David Peralta, David Peralta. And then he finally hit that 30-homer season, and I was like, I told you. Uh, It only took five years. But – can David Peralta find some more fantasy value? It's been a couple of years since he's been all that relevant. Can he get back on track? I mean, he's projected to be a full-time bat hitting third. Um, in a lineup that's healthy. yeah, in a lineup that's not necessarily awful. Like it's not a great team by especially at the top end where, where yeah, he'll be. You got Varsho and Marte hitting above you, you know, Christian Walker. Um, for some reason, we have Pavin Smith hitting fifth. I I, I hope that's not the case, but he's garbage. Um, be but, higher. You're right. You're, you're right. Higher. I agree. Number yeah, one. Yeah, like high A. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I want guys who are hitting third full time in any lineup. I like. I really don't care that it's in Arizona. Um, you know, like I said, he's I healthy. He's old, so you know when he starts to like really struggle or gets injured you just cut bait and move on to the next guy but i mean right now hitting third in any lineup is a, is a good spot to hit yeah and like wouldn't be surprised if david peralta hit 275 with 20 homers like that is i mean perfectly I, his, possible his adp i'm sure is like nothing is nothing like i'm not even sure it's being drafted in all of the drafts i i have a i'm doing i'm doing since 4-1 so there's 15 Main events. He has been drafted in all 14 of them, but a 384 ADP for David Peralta. I mean, you theoretically getting a Michael Brantley at that point, right? Because, I mean, he's a guy who can hit for a batting average, probably pop in 15 to 20 home runs, um, and just accumulate. Like, there's value in that. Jorge Alfaro, somebody that you got me back in, in our draft there. We had a few snipes of each other. That was a good one. I was looking at him as my C2. I've never been a big Alfaro fan, but I saw that he was raking in spring, and I know that outfield is a potential avenue for him to get some playing time, and you know how I go with those non-catching catchers. Uh, four homers, 409, 458, 1,000 was his slash line. 
can Alfaro get enough time to be a quality C2? I mean, obviously the bar for C2 is not that high. What do you think? You drafted him in our main, so you obviously have some excitement. What's up with Alfaro on his big spring? Um, I don't know because they, the the Padres have said that uh, they look at him as a catcher, not as an outfielder. Um, he has no. played the outfield before. And an outfielder. Yeah, Profar is like their left fielder right now. Um, you know, there's a reason why they haven't traded one of these catchers, right? Like they have too many catchers on the roster. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Alfaro spring is giving them some hope that maybe he can uh, be more than just a catcher. So uh, I took Nola in that league too, though. So I don't want, you know, let's, t- let's tone down too much of this catching. I got to keep my mm-hmm. guy in the, in the starting role. I, I but, think he uh, is starting. And I think Carantini yeah. is the, uh, the Darvish he's used, uh, he's used yeah. catcher. Yeah. But um, then Alfaro can get some burn. Yeah. I think between catching some days, DH some days and in the outfield, he should be able to communicate enough plate appearances as a C2. Yeah. So With that, the potential that, for a hell of a lot more if there's an injury. Or um, if he pops off. Or if he if just Alfaro pops off. If yeah. goes off and takes more playing time, then he's all of a sudden maybe a C1 type. But right mm-hmm. now it's still C2 in 12s or deeper uh, for Jorge Alfaro. Even 12 might be a little fringe, but 15s, of course, NL only as well. Here's one I really like because I think playing time could be there. He, Sheldon Noisy is a guy that, uh, and it's N-E-U-S-E, that's that's Noisy. Back to Oakland, he started with them long ago, and he, he's such an Oakland-type player, just one of those guys that's like basically 45s and 50s across the board in terms of his scouting. A little bit of extra power there uh, that he can tap into. Never really found the playing time. Goes to the Dodgers, which you know he's going to be buried there because of all the players that they have. Back to Oakland now. Having a big spring, I wonder if Sheldon Noisy has some uh, some upside that might intrigue you because there could be playing time there. Four homers, by the way, in an eleven thirty four OPS. Yeah, I mean he was pretty good in Triple A last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but know, it, was, it was home runs. L A. So there's no, there was no avenue, of course. Yeah. So I mean, the Dodgers, I should say. Not. Right now, I think he's probably a short side platoon guy. But uh, like I said, Oakland sucks, man. They could. They could easily move him into a starting role if he's hitting, and uh, yeah. he has and been hitting. Outfield. So, mm-hmm. so like, there's different there's different avenues. Just keep him on your on your radar. AL only. I think you go out and get him now uh, because he's the kind of guy you check Mike Curlin's like lineup tracker yes. for, or especially early on in the season, and go, okay, I'm, hey, he he's playing. He's played three out of the last you know four games, and he bats um, fifth when he plays. Yeah, type of deal and, and, and he's like going that. against righties and lefties, like. This is maybe it's time to strike. No chance we get through all six of these, but let's try. Our boy right. Robert Oliveras hitting 531 with three homers, two steals. Is the playing time there? Because I love no. Robert Oliveras. But no, so it's not. No the Royals time, right? hate them. The Royals hate him. Okay. So you're not picking him up? No, I want him to be good, but I, he's on DCs, but nowhere else. Exactly. There's no playing time there until something opens up for uh, Oliveras. Keston Hira, four homers, 400 average, but 10 Ks, which is a 33% strikeout rate. You buy him back in? He is who we thought enough. he was. I, I'm taking the gamble, right? I mean, he was like a fifth or sixth round pick two years ago. Dude, he was a second, third round pick after. That's insane. 
second, yeah. third round yeah. what is, is where he was. Um, um, yeah, but he, ha he hasn't changed is what, all I'm saying. The spring is mm -hmm. nice, but he hasn't changed. He's still got a lot of swing and miss, but the market is super, super cheap on him. A guy I've been kind of hinting around all offseason because I, I can't figure it out if I really want to dive in is Tony Kemp. Um, he had those amazing plate skills last year, but he had like two barrels, 1085 OPS, two steals and a homer in spring, eight extra base hits. He's going to play all the time. It's Tony Kemp, mixed league viable. Let's say 12 teamers. I know he isn't yes. 15. Is he 12 team viable? Yes, he is. Um, I can't 10? remember who was. Uh, no, probably not. He's yeah. leading off on a team. He's going to play full time. He has speed. Mm -hmm. I guess he probably is viable in every format. It's going to be gross. Ten's got to have a mid, and and that's borderline. But 12, yeah. I do think so, too, with Tony Kemp. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Your boy, Brandon Marsh, three homers, three steals. I love it. But 18Ks, most in baseball, 44% strikeout rate. Does that give you any pause? It looks like he's going to play. Justin Upton was DFA'd. They're clearing the path for him. Are you worried about the spring swing and miss, though, with your boy, Brandon Marsh? I'm not really. I mean, there's going to be swing and miss there, but – uh, his defense will keep him on the field. And like you said, they cleared the the way. Um, and right now, Taylor Ward's dealing with an injury. So I think he's got plenty of rope uh, to kind of move forward. Jake Fraley was somebody I got super geeked on when he was first traded. Then Tommy Pham came in and kind of disrupted that a little bit. He does, does have four spring steals, though. I think at the very least, he can be a strong side guy. Um, I'm, I'm not stuck on Colin Moran necessarily playing every day. Tommy Pham has injury issues. Are you still going after Fraley in deeper leagues right now? Because the price is very cheap as people worry about his playing time. How do you feel about Jake Fraley? Mm -hmm. I worry about the playing time right now, but um, I think he's in deeper leagues. He's worth a gamble just to see what happens. Yeah, because you draft the talent. And and like you said at the outset of the show, when we worry about these playing time things, they often clear themselves Senzel up. could be hurt again. Yeah. Like other Fam Fam Fam's Fam's got injury history. Yeah. Yeah. So. And Carl Moran is not that good. So, like, I'm taking the talent there. Um, yes, you want your playing time pads cleared as much as possible, but I'm still taking Fraley because, again, the discount has really come back because people are like, oh, well, now he's not playing back down the draft board he goes and then the last one Andres Jimenez 409 average one two three four OPS four steals is this the year that Andres Jimenez breaks out yes it's begin because I didn't draft him everywhere like I did last year Alex Chamberlain has the boldest prediction in his boldest prediction bold predictions on him than I've ever seen anyone ever make in the history of bold predictions um so go read that over on fan graphs got to check that out perfect timing I gotta get going thank you so much Justin I will talk to you later this week Take it easy.